If you have your Bibles, I'm going to open to Psalms 23. We're going to look there. Fear. We all know what it is. It's one of the most debilitating emotions known to the human race. It's fascinating to see what people fear the most. Comedian Jerry Seinfeld used to say, the number one fear in our world is public speaking. The number two fear, death. So if you're at a funeral, you'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. Fear is powerful. It penetrates the heart, poisons the spirit, and paralyzes the soul. It affects you emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically. The late, great Louis Armstrong recalled when he was a boy in Louisiana and an old woman asked him to go get a bucket of water. He said, I went to the spring and I started to dip the bucket and I saw the pair of meanest eyes I'd ever seen looking at me. I jumped up and ran back to the house. And that old woman said, Miss, said to me, Louie, where's my bucket of water? He said, Miss Hallie Mae, I can't get you water. There's a big old alligator in that pond. She said, Louie, that alligator's been there for years. That old critter's probably as afraid of you as you are of him. He said, Miss Hallie Mae, if that alligator is as afraid of me as I am of him, this water ain't fit to drink. <laughs> See, fear is not altogether a bad thing. I mean, we teach our kids to have some fear, right? We fear, teach them to fear the hot stove and putting metal things in outlets and fear crossing the street alone. We're told repeatedly, fear the Lord. All right, Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. But you know, there are some people that don't have enough spiritual sense to fear death and hell. Catherine Hepburn, on her 81st birthday, made this statement. I look forward to oblivion. I'm what is known as gradually disintegrating. I don't fear the next world or anything. I don't fear hell, and I don't look forward to heaven. Well, I'll be honest, there's a certain part of death I think we all fear. The fear of the unknown. Because you only get to experience death one time. You don't know what it's like until you go through it. <clears throat> I, I had a near-death experience once. It changed my life forever. I'd gone horseback riding. Everything was going fine. Until the horse started bouncing out of control. I tried with all my might to hang on, but I got thrown off. Just when things couldn't get worse, my foot got caught in the stirrup. When it happened, I fell face first to the ground and hit my head and was bouncing harder and harder, and the horse kept going faster and faster. Just when I was about to give up hope and lose consciousness, the Walmart manager came and unplugged it. <laughs> See, what I want us to learn today is this. We all have to face death. But some of us don't have to fear death. Now notice I said some. Because without God, you had better fear death. But with God, we can wear that shirt every day that says no fear. In our scripture today, the good shepherd tells the sheep how to face death without fear. And it starts here by don't be afraid of death's power. He says this in verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You may not know this, but there is an actual valley in Israel called 
the valley of the shadow of death. It originated centuries ago beside a freshwater stream in a valley located between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. And now there are times groups can visit that valley and other times they can't because the stream, which is fed by overflowing rivers of water from the surrounding hillsides during the rainy season, created a craggy valley and it's deep and narrow and sometimes only 12 inches wide. It's a steep, deep, narrow canyon and it's so steep that the sun only hits the bottom at high noon. Otherwise, most of the bottom of the valley is dark. And David compared that valley to death. He expresses no doubt about the fact that he is going to walk through that valley. I mean, the Hebrew word for through could be better translated when. So David said, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, death is not a question of weather, but when. There were two men. Carl and Sam, and they were both baseball fanatics, and they both agreed that whoever died first would try to come back and tell the other one if there was baseball in heaven. Well, one night, Sam passes away in his sleep, and a few nights later, Carl hears what sounds like his voice, and he says, Sam, is that you? He says, yes, it's me. And Carl says, oh, I can't believe it, but, but I'm dying to know, is there baseball in heaven? And Sam says, well, I have good news and bad news. The good news is, yes, there's baseball in heaven. The bad news is, you're pitching tomorrow night. (laughs) See, a shepherd could really appreciate what David was saying here. David was referring to this time of year when the shepherd would lead the sheep from the lowlands to the highlands. And the reason he would do this is as the snow would begin to melt off the mountaintops, it would give fresh water and fresh grass where the sheep could eat and drink. So the shepherd would leave the sheep from the lowlands, which is now barren and parched by the summer sun, and take them to where it's cooler and better. He would guide the sheep through the valley up to the mountaintop so they could drink fresh water and eat green grass. And the reason the shepherd always took them through the valley was the valley was the only route to higher ground. Every mountain has its valleys. And keep in mind that valley, that trip through the valley, It's temporary. That climb from lowlands to highlands, it may take hours or days or weeks, but it always ends. And notice he doesn't say that he went into the valley or over the valley or down to the valley or up to the valley. He went through the valley. He also said, I walk through the valley. He doesn't run. He doesn't run away from it. Can't go over it, can't go around it, can't go under it. He goes through it. But he's in no hurry. Because you see, a valley is not a dead-end street or a cul-de-sac. It's a tunnel. And it's open on both ends. It has an entrance and it has an exit. And notice also the name of the valley. It's not the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. You know what a shadow is. It's an image without substance. And if you are a child of God, you don't face death. You just face death's shadow. That's why David said, when it comes to death, I have no fear. In fact, do you know what the most often repeated command from the lips of Jesus was? It was fear not. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. 
And the way we exercise that don't is to exercise a do. And do be aware of God's presence. See, the reason why David said he feared no evil is, you are with me. See, there's a tremendous change here in the perspective of King David. Notice in the first three verses, David is speaking in the third person. He's talking about the shepherd. But here in verse 4, he changes to the second person. He's talking to the shepherd. And he did that because David knew that sheep never go through the valleys alone. They never move through dangerous places alone. The shepherd is always there. Think about this. We're told that we're going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Anytime there's a shadow, there must be light. There's a great passage in Hebrews. It says this. Hebrews 13. Let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You know, the sheep are better off in the valley with the shepherd than the mountaintops without. There's a great verse in in Isaiah 43 too. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. See, what God is saying is, you're not going to drown. You're not going to burn up. You're not going to die. You have nothing to fear when Jesus is near. There's a verse that I often hear at at funerals of Christians, and it's Psalms 116.15. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The word precious there doesn't so much mean valuable as it means carefully attended to, watched over by God. See, when a Christian dies, he dies in God's time. In God's sight. And no Christian has ever died alone. But let me give you some better news. The shepherd never takes his flock where he has not already been. Dr. Donald Barnhouse, a great Presbyterian preacher, his wife died tragically while his children were young. And he was driving his children to his wife's funeral service and they came to a stoplight And the truck pulled up beside them, casting a shadow over their car. And he looked at his children and he said, Kids, look at that truck and its shadow. Which would you rather be run over by, the truck or its shadow? And the youngest child spoke up and he said, The shadow, because shadows can't hurt anybody. And he said, Kids, I want you to remember, death is a truck. But the only thing that will ever touch you is the shadow. Because the truck ran over our Lord Jesus. And the only thing left of that truck is the shadow. Death is but a shadow of its former self because of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. And then we can definitely be assured of the Lord's protection. David closes by giving another reason we have no fear. He says, because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. See, in the Middle East, a shepherd carried two tools, a rod and a staff. When the shepherd finally got his own flock, he would go to the bush and cut a young sapling and carve it and whittle it down with great care until the enlarged base of that sapling where the trunk joined the roots 
was shaped in the smooth, rounded head of hardwood. Sapling would be about two to three feet long and shaped to fit the shepherd's hand perfectly. And that rod became an extension of his arm. It was a symbol of his strength and power. And it was to guard the sheep. He would take that rod and he would drive pieces of metal into the knob and he would use it to club and kill bears and snakes and drive off wild animals. Whenever the sheep saw their rod, they would knew the shepherd would guard them. But he also has a staff. I mean, the staff, more than any other item, identifies a shepherd as a shepherd. Right? No one in any other profession in history has carried a shepherd's staff except a shepherd. And it was used to guide sheep. As they would walk along dangerous or difficult paths, he would take the tip of the staff and lay it against the side of the sheep and apply pressure. And the sheep would go where the shepherd wanted him to go. Sometimes they would wander off and the shepherd would reach out with the crook and grab the sheep by the neck and pull them back into the fold. Or they would slip into a steep ravine and get entangled in thorn bushes and the shepherd would take the staff and put it under the belly of the sheep and lift it up and restore it to the flock. There was nothing more comforting to the sheep than the sight of that rod and that staff because they knew it would guard them and guide them. So now what's the point of this verse? Well, here's the great truth. If you walk with God through life, God will walk with you through death. Therefore, neither life nor death should you ever fear. One of the great preachers in the 4th century was John Chrysostom, a great preacher called the Golden Mouth. And there's a story of how this great preacher was brought before a pagan ruler commanded to give up his Christian faith. And he refused. When he did, he was brought before the Roman emperor. And the emperor threatened him with banishment if he remained a Christian. But he said, you cannot banish me. This world is my father's house. And the emperor said, then I will slay you. And Chrysostom said, you cannot slay me. My life is hid with Christ in God. He said, then I will take away your treasures. Chrysostom said, you cannot take my treasure because my treasure is in heaven. The emperor said, I will drive you away from every human being and you won't have one friend left. He said, you cannot do that for I have a friend in heaven who sticks closer than a brother. And then Chrysostom looked at the emperor and he said, you need to understand, in my heart there is no fear, for there is nothing you can do to hurt me. As we close this morning, let me just ask, is the Lord God your shepherd? Because if he is your shepherd and you are your sheep, whether in life or death, there is nothing for you to fear. But if he is not your shepherd, he needs to become your shepherd. And if that's what you desire, come. Come talk to me. Stop by the church and talk to me. Just don't let another week go by without making God your good shepherd. Would you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for being our good shepherd, for protecting us and for guiding us. And we thank you most of all that with you in our life, we have nothing to fear. So Lord, help us. Help us to share that hope and that assurance that we have with those who need it so desperately. And we pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.